Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life Chats with Liv B. Today is episode six, and it is the first episode that I have a guest. So I am here with Candice from, you guys probably know her from YouTube, The Edgy Veg. And we are sitting here in Candice's lovely condo in Toronto, and we are going to do an episode today. So hello. Hi. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah. I love podcasts. I know. I was so excited that you wanted to be on. So I wanted to do an episode today about getting over a breakup because this is a highly requested episode. (laughs) I feel like you have a lot of really good advice to offer people. Yeah. And I think we went through our breakup around the same time. I think so. Yeah. I think we'll just kind of dive right into it. All right. So this is probably going to get pretty personal pretty fast, but I'm here for it. (laughs) Okay. I'm subscribed to this. (laughs) So I went through a breakup. I was with someone for about six and a half years and we broke up last June. And I remember when I was here last and we went out for dinner, I didn't tell anyone, like I hadn't told anyone. I didn't tell you like nothing, but um, yeah. And then I kind of found out that like you were going through a similar thing, but we didn't really talk about it. Um, and I realized that like, I wasn't ready to talk about it at all. And I didn't talk about it on Instagram or my channel until December basically. And I know like you did a video on your channel where you addressed it in a Q and a, but you kind of didn't talk about it either. But when we talked the other day, you said you find it a lot easier or not a lot easier, but your approach now is to talk through the things instead of just kind of bottling them up. So can you just kind of, I guess, like talk about that a little bit, like why you feel like that's the right way for you to get over it? Yeah. And, and we did go through our breakup at the same time because I left my now ex-husband in June as well. So it was so parallel. It was almost the exact same time. Um, yeah, at first I wasn't able to talk about it, uh, for fear of judgment because we weren't married for very long. We were together for about six, six and a half years. Um, but we were married for less than a year. So I was afraid that people were going to judge me, especially since we had such a huge, um, like we talked about it on our channel. We had our wedding on our channel. It was a thing that I did on the edgy veg channel. And then I didn't know how to approach it in such a way where I felt like I could respect my privacy and ask people to respect my privacy while also kind of tell people what was going on. Like trying to find that balance was really difficult at first because I felt like I was being a hypocrite by saying, don't ask me what happened after I just put my wedding on YouTube. So yeah, I did a Q&A where I just kind of said, you know, we're no longer together. I don't really want to get into why. And when I feel more comfortable with the decision and feel like my life is in a better place, then I'll talk about it. Um, So I have talked about it here and there, not really specifics. Like I never want to drag anyone and I don't want him to be attacked for anything that happened in our relationship. And, you know, it takes two people to ruin a relationship, but it's been a lot easier lately, especially with people coming out saying, you know, I have been married for less than a year. I don't know how to leave my husband or I've been in a relationship for a long time and I don't know that I'm happy anymore. So with people opening up, I found that lately I'm opening up about a lot of things in my life. So it's become a lot easier. Yeah. I definitely noticed like when, when I was going through my breakup, reading people's like blogs or like listening to people's podcasts or stuff about going through the same thing, it made it so much easier for me to first accept it. And then also like realize that you're not alone and everyone truly does go through this at some point in their life. And, um, it was easier for me to like accept it and start talking about it too. And um, when I finally, I guess, like 
got comfortable with it and was able to share it on my Instagram. I did one of those like 2018 like memories things. Um, so many people reach out to me and they were like, I'm so happy you said this. Like I went through a similar thing and then it immediately just like opened up this conversation that was so nice to have with people. Yeah. You actually inspired me to do the same thing. I oh, saw really? yours and I wanted to do some sort of recap, but I was going to do more of like a superficial, like here's all the great shit that I did. Yeah. Can I swear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's all the amazing stuff I did and keep it really superficial. And then I saw yours and was like, you know what? I do talk about how bad my anxiety got. And I did talk a little bit about my breakup. So you really inspired me to be more truthful about oh, it. Thank you. Um, and that photo that you posted of yourself, like w- with your crying face. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had one of those because I did take a photo very similarly where I was having a really bad anxiety attack about the breakup. And I took a photo and was like, remember this moment. And so I took that photo for two reasons. One, to remember the moment when I feel like everything's coming crashing down, which as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you can relate to. And the other reason why was never let yourself feel this way again. And you kind of inspired me to do that. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I actually, um, so Claire Michelle, who she goes by Plantable Soul on Instagram, she posted a story one time where she posted a photo of herself right after a breakup, like like her face was like all swollen. It was like her crying face. And I remember seeing that. And when I was going through it and I looked in the mirror, like after I'd been crying, I was like, I should take a picture of this. Like I want to have that memory as well, because looking back on that now, I'm like, wow, I remember feeling that way, but it's so nice to see how far I've come. Yeah. The growth is really important. I feel like it's so easy to get kind of tied down with the bad things that happen to us. And when we have those types of, whether it's videos, because our life is pretty much documented now with Instagram and what we do on YouTube, it's easy to kind of glaze over how far you've come. And so when you see that you're like, oh, right, I was there. And now I'm here and this is amazing and I feel like I'm growing and I feel better. Yeah, exactly. I feel that so much. That's kind of a good segue into talking about how you get from that crying picture (laughs) to to like sitting here with you talking about it and not like breaking down. Um, So, I mean, there's so many cliche things that I've heard about getting over breakups. And I guess until you go through it, you don't realize how true they are like the importance of time. (laughs) I wanted to rush it (laughs) so badly and I wanted to get to this point so badly and I could see that I hopefully eventually would be there. But at the time of going through that, I I was convinced that I actually wouldn't be happy again. And I was like, I'm, I don't know how to get there. I don't know what to do. And so like reading, like I said, like reading blogs and stuff about it, there was just so many things people kept repeating, like, you know, focusing on yourself, like getting new hobbies, all of those things. But what are some of the things that were like integral to you? I guess like getting back on your feet in those like beginning stages. Yeah, for me, um, I lived with my ex-husband. So the first thing that I did was um, when I left him, I started a fund like a savings account where I made sure that before I left, I had enough money mm. to keep myself on my feet because I mean, this is my job. And um, I mean, you know, it's, it's not in terms of financial uh, security, there's none there. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't realize that a breakup like costs money. It does. <laughs> so I pretty much left my old life and moved into a one bedroom condo with no furniture. I slept on a mattress on the floor until I started buying new furniture and bought a bed. So um, that can be a very lonely, dark time. Um, I started turning to a lot of alcohol to deal with everything. And I started to feel guilty about it. 
about the alcohol about like just going out keeping myself busy um with like going out i mean it was summer too right yeah. it's easier to like you know have an extended weekend that goes from like <laughs> wednesday to monday yeah so i was drinking a lot and going out with friends which in hindsight i was trying to escape so the first step to feeling better was stop stop hiding from your feelings so i really had to sit with my feelings because if you're constantly like pushing them to the back you never deal with them so that's what I was doing with a lot of partying and going out with friends and just not, I couldn't work for three months. That was the other thing. My anxiety was so bad. I was having panic, panic attacks like three times a day. Um, so that was the other reason why I turned to alcohol. So I did about a month of that. <laughs> and then with my therapist, she's like, you have to sit down with your feelings or else you never deal with them. Like it's okay to sit and be sad. And I was so afraid to sit and be sad um, because it would cause anxiety for me. Um, so I would allow myself to sit in the moment and then when it became too overwhelming, then I would distract myself with something else, whether it was going to the gym, um, or like just taking the dogs for a walk or watching Netflix. So that was a great way for me to self soothe. I started to learn self, self, self soothing (laughs) techniques for myself that I love to do. I mean, I had been so wrapped up in work that I didn't have any hobbies. Like my cook, cooking used to be my hobby. Now it's my job. So I started doing these dance Pilates classes, which were huge for me. So moving my body was a big thing that actually kind of it's really dramatic, but it like helped save my life mentally because I can't meditate. So for me, I could feel those feelings in a safe space without feeling guilty about them. So I would do yoga classes and dance classes and your your brain is kind of blank, but those feelings come up and you sit with them for a couple minutes, then you move on. Um, I also cleared out anything negative in my life. So I didn't watch any negative shows. I cut out people that were negative. Um, I mean, it sounds really cutthroat, but anyone that was kind of still friends with my ex-husband, they had to be cut off because it was too triggering for me. So getting rid of negativity and only surrounding myself with people that were excited for me and positive for me, um, that was a big thing. Um, Making my space exactly how I wanted so my condo now, I mean, we just filmed a collab video, so it's a disaster yeah. <laughs> now, but it's exactly what I wanted. It's all plants. It's, you know, a lot of body positive art and it's a lot of white space, which I love. Like I can't deal with clutter. So I just surrounded myself with things that made me happy. Um, and then of course the dogs for me, I don't know that I would have been able to come out of it as quickly if these dogs weren't around. Uh, they're just like, they're so happy and they get you out of the house. Like I have to walk them multiple times a day. So I was, I couldn't just sleep all day and eat junk food. Yes. <laughs> I mean, eating junk food helped. <laughs> um, and then I, I started to date too early. Mm. And that's where the time thing comes in. Like I also was trying to rush it. I started dating and then I would just feel really shitty about myself because I wasn't feeling good on the dates and I thought there was something and wrong you start comparing like when it's that close together you start comparing and that's exactly yeah. so for me um kind of rediscovering who I was was a huge thing so yeah. I just started going out and doing things hanging out with different people doing things I'd never done before finding rediscovering what I like and what I don't like um and then a lot of self-care I don't know what I don't know if you do this but do you lose yourself in a relationship like, yeah. do you start to compromise who you are oh, and yeah. put their needs first? So I, I'm really bad at doing that. So I just lost my identity altogether. So that was a big one for me. That was a super long-winded answer. <laughs> I know what you said about losing yourself. Like, I think a, a lot of people do that. It's just like, it's a cliche for a reason, how you just become like half a person and then you have to learn how to become whole again. But I find I have very like 
maternal instincts. And so I find like in a relationship, I almost try and care for the person as I do the exact because same if I'm thing. their mom, which is just so problematic. I do the same thing. So but, when you end up dating a guy with mommy issues, yeah, it's or like terrible, who, who like needs babying, it's just like it's a recipe for disaster. But yeah, it's like fun, like figuring out how to just focus on yourself and take care of yourself. I felt almost guilty because I had air quotes put someone through that, like put them through something really hard, and then had to leave them there because I was the one who ended things, left that, and then it was like I couldn't help them through it like I couldn't take care of them anymore it was like I had to take care of myself and I found that really hard and like learning how to be alone again was huge because we'd lived together for a long time and I had never lived on my own I moved from my parents house to an apartment with him so yeah and I'm sure that he also became your emotional rock right yeah so then you have to when you're having those moments where Something happens to you during the day, whether it's positive or negative. You're so used to texting them or calling them or talking to them about it. And then you, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt kind of lost. I'm like, who do I talk to now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And finding someone, I guess, who can fill that void without filling it too much. Like being someone who you have to rely on to feel better. Like getting to the point where you're texting someone because you want to tell them something instead of feeling like you have to because the other person isn't there. Like that's it was super important too. I really kind of fell back on like my family for, um, because they live really close to me and, um, I didn't like a lot of his friends were my friends. And so when things ended, it was like, they all were with him and I was kind of left with no one, like a very select few people, but that's exactly what happened to me. And I also made that choice because I couldn't have, they were still hanging out with him and then also hanging out with me. And there was just too much crossover with information that people were accidentally kind of divulging. Not that I was doing anything, but I just, they would bring him up. And Even just like, hearing a care. tiny little snippet about it, it's like, it puts you in a weird headspace because you start thinking about them again. Yeah. Especially, I feel like with the exercise one, like when people talk about like breakup body or like revenge body, I feel like that's, it sounds funny, but it comes from a good place. Like when you talked about moving your body and because you can't meditate, you did yoga and all of those things. That's so important for anyone who's going through a breakup. When it first happens, you're going to need to lay in bed for a while. Like you can't force yourself to go to a yoga class or you'll be a complete mess. But after a while, you do need to force yourself to get up because if you don't, you just won't. And then that can lead to all sorts of like huge problems. I mean, just laying around can cause depression on its own. Like, well, it, yeah, exactly. And yeah. not moving your body. And when you do move your body or, um, for me, for example, so I go to this place here in Toronto called Misfit Studio and it's very much like a woman's collective. Like you don't, I mean, I'm starting to know people now cause now I've been going for so long, but when I first started going, I didn't know anyone, but I felt like I was in this like room with like a sisterhood and all moving together and the energy in the room. And it's very much, um, a healing energy so it's dance and Pilates mixed amazing so for me I love dancing I'm terrible at it <laughs> um, but I love dancing the endorphins that you get and the high from that when you leave the studio and then you come back in your home I don't know if you ended up moving like I did but um, I was in a new space that was still very unfamiliar that didn't feel like home and instead of coming home and then feeling super depressed about that I kind of was inspired to make it my own space so you right. have those endorphins you have that high which is super helpful. And then also like watching your body transform to the positive is also a great ego boost. Oh, it is. Great for self-confidence. And I find I feel more confident when I'm moving my body. So I don't like traditional workouts. I hate the gym. Um, so I'd much rather do like group fitness classes. But you, it's, it's really important for self-confidence. And self-confidence is, I find 
the one thing that makes it a lot easier to get over any sort of grieving. Yeah, for sure. And also like doing something that gets you out of the house and into a space like that makes you not feel alone. Like obviously not everyone's going through that type of conflict or like that type of grieving process, but everyone is going through something and just being out in the general public and realizing that life goes on was huge for me. Like when it first happened and I was really upset, I would go to the grocery store and be like, how is everyone living their life? Like the world sucks. (laughs) How dare they be happy? And now it's like, you know, I go out and I'm like, everyone is dealing with something. And I just think about like someone in this grocery store is going through stuff. And it's just, I found it really helpful and to not feel so alone because when it first happened, I was like, I might be the only person who ever had to go through a breakup this bad. And I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, Let's cut the hyperbole yeah. here. Um, also, loneliness can breed further feelings of being alone, right? So if you are feeling lonely and you don't leave your condo or your house, you're going to feel more alone than if you go out and socialize with other people. This is a proven thing. Like yeah. we are social beings. Um, we crave from you know, our ancestors passed to be in a community. That's how we survived. It was one of the ways that we survived. So it's in our DNA and in our evolution that when we're alone, we start to see the world in a more negative way. So if you're already like in bed all day dwelling, which if that's what you want to do for a few days or a week or a month, go for it. But eventually you have to get your butt out there and start socializing again or else you see the world in a really negative light and you start to project those feelings onto other people that mean well. So that was something I I tend to isolate myself when I'm going through things like that. So I had to constantly be reminded, go out and leave the house. Like even if it's just to the grocery store, don't have your groceries delivered because get out there. Yeah, that's so important. And I think too, like what you said about it being okay for people, like when you need to grieve for a a couple days a week, a month, obviously it's different for everyone. But I remember something that helped me so much when I was in that point where like some days I would just break down in tears for no reason in my apartment. When I thought I was past that point, I remember texting you and I was like, I feel like I'm going through this. Like it's just like cycles kind of thing. And I remember you saying like, you need to do that. Like you need to feel that. And I think finally just telling yourself it's okay to feel that way and like really sit there and feel those feelings and know that they're going to pass because the first time it happened, you're like, oh my gosh, I might die. Like I'm having a panic attack. Like, but then just knowing that like, it's okay. And everybody has to go through that. And then you wake up one day and you're like, wow, I haven't felt this way for like a week. And it's almost, you don't even notice it until it's been like a week or a month. And you're like, wow, I'm really okay. And you do, I did have similar things where I was like, oh, great, I'm over it. And you have a really good week. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I so sad? And it's because you're not over it because it is cyclical. Like it comes back in waves and eventually the waves start to get softer and softer. And then you're like, oh, it's been four weeks since I've, you know, had a crying fit alone in my kitchen (laughs) because stupidly I watched This Is Us and I hate myself, (laughs) eventually that stops. Yeah, it's so important to know that even though people say you'll be okay again, I was like, I I don't think I will be. Like, I might not be okay again, but you just have to trust, like just have a belief like way deep down, like you will be okay again. So even when the cycles come back or like you have another crying fit, it's like, don't feel like you've lost all the progress you made. If you had a few good weeks, like that's a huge win. Just because you're crying again doesn't mean that you're totally at the starting line. And while the grief cycle is bloody terrible um, and awful, it actually, you have to go through it to create space for something new, 
right? I mean, there are people that never get over things like breakups or a death in their family. And then it transfers over into everything else that they do in their life, whether it's their next partner, which then inevitably falls apart or into their family relationships. So you have to go through that cycle in order to clean the slate, in order to make yourself open to something new. Because if you're holding on to the resentment, which for me, a lot of it was resentment. Mm -hmm. I was in a very emotionally abusive relationship where we were both emotionally abusing each other and there was so much resentment and gaslighting and I mean, we went to therapy for years and we just couldn't fix it. And if I didn't let go of that resentment, I mean, I could have sat here and been angry and said, this man ruined my life and I'm, he made me feel embarrassed and blah, blah, blah. But until you forgive that person and you clean the slate, like you don't make your heart or your mind open for anything good to come your way. And maybe it's good for a while, but then, you know, there's, I don't know which comedian it is. I think it's Eliza Schlesinger who her. says, this is what women do. We like go into a new relationship and we pack our baggage <laughs> and we walk that baggage into the new relationship and unpack our up. shit. Yeah. And then this poor guy's like, what the hell happened yeah. to this cool chick that I just met? Yeah. And that's the, if you don't deal with your shit, that's what happens. I love that you said that. Um, one thing I did want to go back to was about the space. So I feel like that was kind of where we differed on this. I ended up staying in the apartment that we had got together, but it was almost harder to stay in the same place. And I had to like get new furniture, like totally change it because in every single room I was like, I can't live here alone. Like I just like all the memories are just like embedded here. And like, I, I just didn't know what to do. So until I like changed my furniture and stuff like that, it was, it was really hard. And so I think for people, like if you had a house with someone and you end up keeping the house, like changing it up to like give new energy to the space is so necessary. And for you, even though you left the space, you had to make the new space your own. If you had just left it like bare and sad, obviously you wouldn't have been able to kind of get that step forward into your new life but making your own space I mean yeah I, I, I don't know how he managed to stay in the same space with all the same furniture I don't know how <laughs> for me like he would say what do you want to keep and I was like you can keep all of it I want none of it um, I did the same thing except I kept the space but all the furniture yeah it had to go it had to feel different I couldn't imagine like sleeping in the same bed going into the same bedroom like I yeah I think it would have taken a lot longer <laughs> it was yeah it's, it's eventually I probably would have moved yeah. But which is also fun because decorating a new space where you oh, don't yeah. have to ask somebody so, <laughs> else's opinion is amazing. Yeah. You're like, I like this. Okay, it's going here. Right. Okay, that was you, easy. You don't have to like check with someone. You can just buy what you want. That was super exciting for me too. Love that. Yeah. Space is such a weird like you don't realize the energy that a space holds until up like someone's not there anymore and you notice this huge void or just moving into a new space alone without someone like I guess it's kind of like relearning how to be on your own yeah especially oh, when you're absolutely. in a long-term relationship like you forget how to survive on your own I guess like it's crazy and the, and you kind of it's a division of work too right so I would do certain things and he would do certain things and so one of the big things that I had to get over was like I'm not I mean at the time I was like I'm not handy I can't put up shelves I can't build this bed I can't do this and I would have these very frustrating evenings of building all this new furniture that I bought and I would <laughs> yeah. just be like I can't make it on my own I'm so codependent and then you build your first shelf or 
your first piece of furniture and you're like, yes, it kind of sucks, but you're like, this is the best shelf ever. Then you look at it and you're like, I am strong and independent. <laughs> I am woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> Which is also it's great. like an result. Ikea shelf. But then you like, there's a couple of things where I was like, hey, guy friends, who's yeah. got a drill and can come yeah. over and help me with No, this? I know. But you learn to be resilient and self-reliant, which um, I think is very easy to not do in a relationship. It is. Wow, I have to be both people now that I live on my own. And I had to like create a whole new identity. I was like, who am I without this person? Who am I by myself? Well, that was the hard thing on my channel too. I mean, my channel is or was carnivore approved. And then I lost the carnivore that was slowly transitioning into vegan in the carnivore approved. So I was like, okay, what does this look like now? Also, he was helping me film my videos. So then I had to be completely self-reliant and relearn everything I had to do. And that was super frustrating, but also rewarding. And if you surround yourself with people that want to help you, yeah, that's great. And that was one of the main reasons why I cut out anyone that wasn't on my side. Like not on my side as in like pick sides, but like wasn't a cheerleader for me. And people that I had to surround myself with people that were doing something so I could cheerlead for them because that positive energy fuels more positive energy and I just couldn't have the negative energy anymore that's so amazing I think I guess I feel like going through a breakup especially if like you're the one who has to make the tough decision to end it it gives you that kind of power and that motivation to do that in other areas of your life like with friends who might have been holding you back or might not have been the right friends for you I feel like that's just that's like really nice and really important and also my biggest piece of advice for anyone going through a breakup especially if you're the one that left um block them (laughs) don't let them take out their grieving on you it's so hard so with my ex I had to block him everywhere because he felt that it was okay for him to tell me how he was feeling and then we'd be having these conversations and then we'd start arguing about why we broke up and it just it never lets you heal like the best thing you can do is cut off communication unfollow them from social media block them don't look at what they're doing stop looking at what they're doing it doesn't help you get over anything it just builds more resentment and makes those cycles of grief even worse yeah and that was something that i i usually don't have any regrets like i feel like everything just happens the way it's supposed to but something that i do like one thing in my life that i regret is not completely cutting it off sooner like I dragged it out because I didn't trust my decision like even though I knew deep down that it was the right choice there was all these kind of like surface feelings I was like just all the feelings that come in where you're like what about this what about this maybe I didn't think it through and dragging that out and like talking to that person about it not only puts them through it multiple times and yourself but it just like delays the healing I mean if you know inevitably you're not meant to be with that person then dragging it out even though it's easy when it's happening, it's like putting a bandaid on it. I look back on it now and I'm like, for both of our sake, I should have cut it off and I should have blocked and I should have whatever. And I, again, like the maternal instincts thing, it felt like I was like leaving someone to drown. But at the (laughs) same time, it's like, okay, they're a grown adult human. Like I would be okay if someone did that to me eventually. So trusting, I guess that they'll be okay as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was something I, uh, I didn't let it go on for very long, but that's good. When I finally did, I was like, oh, wow, I feel so much relief. Like it hurts and I pine to see what they're doing. Also worrying about what they're thinking about you. Like if you let yourself get into that headspace, that's also not good as well. I feel like it's easier right after the breakup to be like, I wonder what they're thinking about me. But now it's like 
I just don't even let myself go there because it doesn't matter. Yeah, I used to, because I got more open on my social media, on my personal Instagram account, I started to wonder how it looked um, and what my old friends and my old people in my old life were thinking of me and what he was thinking of me. Like, oh, now that she's single, like she's posting like these more suggestive photos or whatever, which is not why I started posting them. It was my own journey of like learning to re-accept my mind and my body and go out and do things that I, I couldn't do before because we just didn't see eye to eye. So you almost have to realize that there might like there might be judgment, but that's okay. And it doesn't affect you at all. And letting you like letting yourself get bogged down with what they might be thinking about you isn't going to help you grow. And the truth is, like, if you have judgment about them, like they probably have judgment about you. And it's the same as like if you talk about people behind their back, like they're probably talking about you. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what they're saying. But if you're letting it bother you, that's when it starts to matter. So so I think maybe just kind of like since we started with the super bad, I think just transitioning to like how things are now. So we both went through it around June and now it's February. I know, especially in June, it's going to be like, wow, a year ago this happened. Like, and it's, so I guess I get like the first years, all these milestones that you have to go through on your own. And, um, what, like, how do you feel about that? Have you experienced kind of Thanksgiving was really hard Mm -hmm. because I was on my own. So my family doesn't live anywhere near me. Um, So Thanksgiving was the first major holiday um, and I had a really hard time and I ended up spending it with a friend of mine and it was great and we had a great time and the day of Thanksgiving was hard or was okay because I was surrounded by people that I loved and then the rest of the week was bloody awful. But since that, it's been getting easier. Christmas was hard for different reasons. It was more that like showing up to my family and everybody's coupled off and I'm alone. So that was really hard. I have I have four other siblings. <laughs> so every, and you know my mom is remarried to my stepdad. So everybody was kind of coupled off and yeah. then I'm like, "No, oh, ho hum, I'm here." <laughs> Since then, like it's been fine. Valentine's Day came around and I started to get messages from people being like, "Are you going to be okay?" And I'm like, I'm "Honestly, fine. so fine." Yeah. I'm like, "I love being alone. I yeah. stopped dating altogether because I realized that I didn't want to date anyone until I was so confident in myself and happy with myself that I wouldn't compromise myself for someone else. So it's been a lot easier and I didn't realize how unhappy on what I was until recently because I'm so happy now. I mean, our wedding anniversary will be in July and I think I will totally forget about that day altogether. So I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in a good place. What about you? I feel the same way. I mean, like I've started seeing someone new. He's over there. <laughs> oh. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean like Valentine's Day was totally fine. I think like just all the work that I did this fall, working on myself and rebuilding and all of that, like I really put a huge focus on it. Yeah. And you know what I learned? Self-care is a full-time job. It actually is. And I didn't realize, like no wonder no one does it. Yeah. Well, not no one, but so few people do it because it's, it's a full-time job like I see my therapist once a week and do my classes that I need to do for my mental health like my Pilates and dance classes every couple days because I need to and I don't have a bathtub so I don't take that <laughs> but I do other things that are self-care and and that's what I learned in this journey it's like no wonder I was so miserable I wasn't taking care of myself yeah and people I mean like on social media it's like self-care and it's like face mask blah 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 but I saw something that was like self-care isn't always like 
cute Pinteresty type of things. It's no. not like face mask and bath. It's like sitting down with yourself and like digging deep into your soul and seeing what parts of you need care. And like a lot of times it's going to a therapist or doing things like that. And I think a lot of people have a stigma about going to a therapist, but I went to one when I was going through it and it was the best thing. Oh my God. I think if you can afford a therapist or you have benefits that help you afford a therapist, everyone should go. It's a very vain thing, but it's, it's, I heard this quote and I'm going to misquote it. I think it was something, but like the ultimate vanity is being able to pay someone to listen to your problems, but it's also so healing and so important because a lot of the time we feel like we're annoying our friends and family with our problems because it does take time, right? So I heard myself becoming a broken record and I just, I don't think people were thinking this, but I was projecting onto them that they were like, oh, Candace is so annoying. Like get over it already. Like, why are we talking about this again? And I, I started projecting those um, anxieties onto people. So having a complete third party that's literally paid yep. to listen to your problems and help you work through what's going on in your head is incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so funny. It's because I didn't have people really that I, first of all, wanted to put through like day in, day out talking about the same thing, even though I knew that's what I needed. I was like, I'm going to pay someone to be my friend and sit there while I work through my own problems. And yeah, it was, it's And also sad, they but. call you out on, your, on yeah. your bullshit. Yeah, they do. I mean, there were times where my therapist is like, okay, so your Netflix has like moved from self-care to like straight up avoidance. Yeah. So we're going to work on that for you. <laughs> and <laughs> you that's need so, to find other hobbies. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so important to have someone, even if it's not a therapist, like if your mom does that for you or like your sister or your friend, um, yeah, having someone, especially a therapist, I mean, they're like a trained professional, but having someone who can see it for what it is when you're in the thick of a breakup, you have a very distorted perception, but having someone, a third party who can see what it is, which is a breakup, it happens all the time. It just, it's, it is what it is, is amazing. Just so funny that we both went through it I know. at the same time. And I remember you reaching out to me being like, I know that you talked about this and you don't have to talk about it with me, but I'm going through something similar. Um, I got a lot of comfort in that being like, oh man, it's not just me. This yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. And when I had heard that you went through it, I was like, because it, I was kind of bottling it up so much. I was like, wow, this is just not a me problem. It's like right. it, it happens. Bottling it up is so unhealthy yeah. and it isolates you from everything Yeah. Else. And it makes you feel like you're the only one going through it. And I feel like that feeling of aloneness and loneliness is just so so hard to get through like if you truly believe you're the only one going through something and people talk about breakups in such a superficial way it's like oh you know my heart hurts and I'm sad no one talks about the anxiety that can develop from something like that or the depression or I mean I was put on um antidepressants for my anxiety that was developed because of the breakup and people don't talk about that no it so it kind of makes you feel like what is wrong with me that I can't deal with my human emotions yeah like am I unstable am I this so this I think this podcast might help some people feel I hope less so. alone. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Hearing people open up always, it always makes people feel less alone. So I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here and talking about this. Yes. It's, thank you for having me. It's, it's, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you all in the next one. Bye.